Tonight, we'll talk about our friends about a bay blowing a 28-3 lead. We'll also discuss about what's going on in the world today for this week. Show you a nice little video and take you on a nice little uh, history trip. All that and more tonight on the Ty Digger Show. Now, welcome everybody to the Ty Digger Show. It's another episode. Bear with me. Let's get into it. So, everything's going on. We know about the protests. We know about the racial inequality here in America. Um, I'm going to try to talk about that a little later on the show. Um, a lot of schools have come together. A lot of companies have stood up and said, we respect our black workers. Um, we care for our students. Um, a USC booster was actually had a season tickets revoked because of something that she said that was derogatory. Um, you've seen a couple people, you know, get removed for their derogatory behavior. Um, a lot of companies, I hope it's in their best interest. A lot of companies have gotten tired of it. Um, it it's a distraction. It's simply a distraction. It doesn't add to the workplace. It creates division. Why would you even fumble the bag like that? Like, even if I felt a certain way about folks, I'm not going to share that because, one, my rights to free speech only last to where the next person begins. So I'm not going to violate that person's space. Just like I'm going to demand not to have nobody violate my space. Feel me? So anyway, speaking of that. Everybody's coming together, but for some reason, our friends by the Bay, the Institute, Hampton University, finds a way to stick a foot in their mouth. Now, being a Howard grad, knowing, being down in Hampton a few times, this kind of doesn't surprise me, but it does surprise me. Like, I would imagine most of the people, and I will be honest, most of the grads I met for Hampton are pretty well put together people, real nice folks. Um, you know, I give them a little grief every now and then, like I'm going to give them a little grief tonight. The AD, the athletic director, decides to send out a letter to uh, people in the department and prospective athletes and um things of this nature. The fact he's the athletic director, he's the head of the athletic department. He's the CEO of that department. He hires coaches. Um, he's uh, get, get games together, get events together, raises money for the university. And when you're raising money for the university, you're the face of the university. So he decides to send out a letter. And basically the letter talks about him raising his kids as a black man. He worries about them. And at the very end, he puts all lives matter. <sighs> Listen, I, we get it. We know we're not when people say black lives matter, we're not saying other lives don't matter. We're just saying it's going to be a problem with all lives matter until you recognize that black lives matter. And for HBCU, anybody working at an HBCU to say something like that, like, 
it's literally tripping over your own dick. Like, even white people who work at HBCUs are a little more self-aware about the atmosphere at an HBCU. If you work at a place where you're really the minority there, it behooves you, or excuse me, it it benefits you to actually learn about the culture of people that you're working with. It benefits you to know that. It if I was working at a white school, it would benefit me to actually learn the culture of the people I'm working with. And I'm not saying this to say that I'm gonna allow to be disrespected or anything racial to be said, but try to understand where you're not fumbling your bag. Try to get a situation where you're not hurting yourself. I mean, it's bad enough that Hampton left me at. So, you know, those fried chicken and watermelon jokes were going to get off anyway. But to say this, yo, that's just, you pretty much just open yourself to be punched in the face. So... I want to talk about that more. Probably have to listen to the Rock Solid Radio show later on this week because I want to get more about it, but I don't want to stay on this topic for the entire uh, show. So, Hampton, that's bad. Please, 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 please post a psych. We'll be back after this commercial break. Why you're the institute. Moving on. So, as you probably know by now, there's been protests all across the country. Um, New York, D.C., um, Charlotte, uh, Fayetteville, Memphis, Chicago, um, Minneapolis, um, Salt Lake City, Dallas, Los Angeles, the list goes on and on and on. People are now starting to um, stand up. Um, I'm going to get into why that's important in a few seconds, but I want to talk about um, Donald Trump's reaction to it. But first and foremost, he actually kind of hid in his bunker. Um, for the last couple of nights. Um, basically, he um, just, well, a few days ago, he enacted the Insurrection Act, which is the Insurrection Act of 1807, United States law. It empowers the president of the United States to deploy U.S. military and federalized National Guard troops within the United States in particular circumstances, such as to suppress civil disorder, insurrection, and rebellion. Now, a couple things about that li- about that list. I get it. The president has that power. Insurrection, civil disorder, re- rebellion, that can be a fear. First and foremost, um, if your people are rebelling against you, then maybe it's time for you to look in the mirror and change. Feel me? 
maybe it's time to actually hear what these people are saying. Um, I'm pretty sure some of you guys are bored, annoyed, do not want to hear this quote again, but I have to actually say it again. Um, Martin Luther King, the riot is the voice of the, is the language of the unheard. What is it that America has not heard from us yet? What has the United States not heard from us? What, what, are, what are they not hearing? So, we got the rebellion part out. Um, civil uh, Insurrection. Nobody is trying to take over the government. Nobody wants to do that. I'll get into that in a minute, but nobody wants to do that. That's that not what we want. White America, I promise you, we do not want to radically change America. These marches, these demonstrations, um, the hashtags, this is not about black people trying to overtake America. We simply want to be respected. We simply want to know if one of us is killed by men who our taxes pay, we pay for the police. We just want to make sure that these guys do not feel that they have free reign just to crack our heads open. And if people demanding rights looks like an insurrection to you, if you if you hear anybody say somebody demanding rights is like rebellion or insurrection, like that, there's something wrong with that person. There's something wrong with you. There's something totally wrong with you. You have to look inside to see what's what's going on. It's not everybody else. If I tell you I want to be treated fairly and you feel like that's offending you, yeah, we got a problem. We have a big problem. And um, civil disorder. First off, a lot of these, these people are not being disorderly. It goes back to my last point. If you think people demanding that, demanding that they're not be shot in the street like dogs or choked to death, if you see that as civil disorder, Goodness. Also, um, we talked about Trump's response and it ties into the Insurrection Act. Now this gets kind of gives police free reign. If any organization does not need free reign to crack heads, it's definitely the police. We definitely need to check that. Like right now. These people are shooting rubber balls at report pellets at reporters, innocent people. Um I don't want to get into the young man that was um, killed killed not too long ago, but yo, they're literally shooting people in the street in Los Angeles. A popular guy who uh, did barbecue, he was shot in front of his own store. It was in one place they called the um, police to help the black owner because his store was being uh, messed up, and they tried to arrest him. He owned the place. I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm reading somewhere where a black FBI agent was detained for a few few minutes. Like these people are literally running around looking for people to beat up. Um, Atlanta, Georgia, six officers have been um, removed, removed. And I do believe they've been charged 
for uh, tasering two college students. College students, man. And you know what's crazy about that story from Atlanta? Most of them were black. Most of them were black. You know what we've been told growing up? If we get more black people into the police force, things will change. Look, it's not going to matter how many brothers and sisters we have in the police force if if they're going to come in and adopt white white policy. Um, I make this argument, and I'm sorry, get off track. I make this argument with people who claim the Irish were so abused. Okay, yeah, they probably were. They were definitely mistreated in England. They were mistreated when they got here. A lot of people didn't trust the Irish because of their religion and or what have you. But the minute you got that equal footing with those same white tormentors, you turned on us. You joined in what America was doing. It was a lot of Irish people that fought for the Confederacy. They fought for the right for black people to still be in chain. So and then that's how I feel about black police. Like, you grew up, a lot of them grew up hating the police or feeling that the police are mistreating them or mistreating us. I mean, how many of us listen to F the police? You know what I'm saying? Black cop, Harris One, F the police, NWA. You know, we, we listen to that. We grew up to that. We used to yell that. And now for you to join the police force, which, by the way, I don't have a fundamental problem with, but for you to join it, and not change it through your behavior? Is the job that worth it? But I will have to say shout out to the black uh, lady, black sister, who um, jumped on her, really uh, dressed down her partner, uh, her fellow police officer for pushing a black girl down. I, w- I want to tip my cap to some of you guys who are actually, who are actually trying to change things. All right. Now, I still think it's possibly a fool errand to think you can change it, but I definitely respect the fact that you guys are going out there to change that. Uh, So I think the police response is heavy handed. Um, There's no reason um, for all that to happen. Also, keep in mind that I honestly think that maybe we need to dissolve the police state in this country. Maybe we need to go prison reform. Again, that's... I'm going to talk more about prison reform in a few minutes, but I do want to get that out there right now. Like, we need to start looking at reforming some of the things that we need to do in this country. And not just the way the police respond to us. We need to reform everything about this country if we're going to move forward to what we think this country is going to be. want to catch you uh give you a little video right quick um the white guy in um la is talking about the rioting and um stuff like that and i think he gives some uh interesting points about it Here. No, not in this neighborhood. Although there are protests around the mayor's house occasionally, never anything on this scale that I've seen. Um, what do you? What are your thoughts about why this is all happening? The message that these folks are trying to portray. What, do, what are your thoughts about everything that's yeah. happened? 
you, you have a, a nation that was built uh, on stolen land by slaves. Those are sort of the original sins of this country. And we've never had like a Truth and Reconciliation Commission like South Africa had to really deal with those fundamental sins. And now you have a perfect storm because you have you have you know millions of people out of work, people who are hungry, people who are angry, and then you have the George Floyd incident on top of all the other uh, incidents that have happened in the past few weeks and months and years. And people are fed up, and they're finally saying, you know, enough is enough. And so this is not going to stop until the three other officers are arrested and indicted, and until this country really comes to terms with the, these sort of fundamental sins that we have just ignored literally for hundreds of years. Thank you, sir. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. And, and that is, you know, it's interesting because... We'll be back after this commercial break. Good words, but I think America is starting to get the point. I, and I think some Americans, um, especially um, white, they understand um, what racism is. And they understand why they do benefit from it. It's pretty much a power system only controlled by a few white men who are probably their true enemy. Some, if you ever talk to a white person who actually gets it, they actually speak about that. They actually know who their real enemy is. They also accept the fact that they benefit from that energy. Uh, they they benefit from that energy. It's just like me being a male. I have to understand why I'm not sexist. I benefit from sexism just for the fact that I am a male. I benefit from that. I'm going to get the benefit of the doubt because of sexism. Um, some whites who are enlightened, they understand they are going to get the benefit of the doubt because they're white. They understand that they can go jogging in their neighborhood. They understand their kid can go play in their neighborhood without somebody thinking that they stole something. They understand that nobody's going to call the police on the little white kid with a toy gun. That's just not going to happen. White people do not have to live in that reality. Um, he, he made a point about stolen land. This land is stolen and this land was bought in blood. This Every bit of this country is blood is, is shedded with blood. We had to push and eliminate Native Americans who are already here. Um, we killed a whole bunch of French people uh, during the French and Indian War just to get the foothold here. We killed a whole bunch of English people, okay? We killed a lot of Mexicans to get the Southwestern United States. We invaded their country. You know, Santa Ana held out his hand. You know, Mexico held out their hand and we came in. And when I say we, I mean United States, not we exactly. But, you know, we live, we benefit from, as Americans, we benefit from that stolen land. Black, white. If you live in the United States, you benefit from the fact that a lot of Mexicans paid with their lives for that part of the country. A lot of Native Americans who live in this area paid with their lives 
for the country that we that we're living in that we're sleeping in so you got stolen land and i don't care what they tell you about the mexican session that part of the united states is stolen land um stolen land and they use slaves to build that land they use slave labor to be able to save up money to put into armed forces to put into policies of all over the world you know the more that these slave owners got the more taxes they was able to bring in the united states ate that up you know they totally ate that up so i would say africans had a great deal to do with um creating this land that we're on and the sad part about it when you talk about stolen land you're also talking about the native americans um being of African descent, my people, um, we did not originate here in the United States. We are not Native Americans. Um, some of the proud tribes like the Iroquois, the Delaware, the Illinois, uh, the Chippewa, um, the Cherokee, the Creek, the Sioux, the, Azte um, the Aztecs, Europeans did away with them, um, the Apache. Um, so on and so on, the Pueblo, so on and so on. We drove these people off of their land. The United States drove these people off of their land. You know, you know, you grow up, you watch your old John Wayne movies, and he's fighting Native Americans. Well, let's for the sake of the for sake of context, he's fighting against the quote unquote Indians who are the Native Americans. Um I watched him when he did the Alamo, you know. These brave Texans, and I watched pretty much all the Alamo movies. It's one of my favorite moments in uh, history. Just so much detail. For such a small revolution, for a short revolution. Um, but anyway, you know, you, you watch these brave men, and they're fighting for what they call freedom. And 13 days later, Santana comes in, and he kills all of them. And... Being a pacifist, I would say killing everybody is is a bit over the top. Um, we can't do that, but shoot, if you look back of how the United States has treated Mexico, I can't necessarily blame Santa Ana for wanting to kill all the white people. Like, I don't blame, I don't blame him for that. That's, I'm I would be okay. I mean, and we also live in a country where we would treat invaders the same way. So I don't think it's fair for us to demand everybody else to be welcoming us with open arms if we wouldn't do it. You know? And I'm sorry I got off track. Um, but I think that was important. I mean, the land is stolen. Um, and a lot of stuff that we see in, the hit, in our movies growing up, I'm, I'll be 44 in um, another month and a half. And I grew up on Western movies. You know, cowboy and Indian movies. Uh, the brave cowboys fighting the savage Indians, the cavalry charges. And you would think that the Indians were the bad guys, according to the movies. But you look in the history book, nah, they were just defending their land. Not only were they defending their land, they were just saying enough is enough. 
you know, you pushed us from the east all the way out into the central part. Then you come to our central part. You push us further out west. You say, okay, we're going to write this treaty. Okay, this final treaty. This is the last treaty. And, you know, at some point, you're going to mess around and push us into the ocean. You know, what is enough? And then you put us on reservations where you starve us. Uh, you give us um, blankets with smallpox, knowing that we, our immune systems don't work well with that stuff. Um, I think I want to scalp some of you guys, too. If I did that to you, if, if they did that to white America, people would call them savages. And when basically what the Native Americans did since the beginning was take most of those white folks in when they first got to the New World. They showed them how to hunt. They showed them how to fish. Um, they showed them how to grow crops. And what do we do? We pretty much stabbed them in the back. So I I get it now. Now I watch those movies. When I go back and watch those movies, I watch them in a different light now. Okay, I don't feel as bad for the invading army, which is the United States Capitol. Okay, they are the invading army. They're actually the bad guys in this film. They're the empire, um, if you will. So stolen land worked on by enslaved people. And one of the saddest moments in history is after the Civil War, when we formed uh, the United States Colored uh, Regiments, um, the 9th and 10th Colored Cavalry, and the 4th Regiment of Black Infantry, the 38th, the 39th, the 40th, and the 41st Colored Infantry. We formed those to go out west to protect white settlements, to protect fat cats, to protect rich people, to protect people that wouldn't even spit on us. But a lot of our, a lot of my forefathers felt like this was the way, and you can't knock that. I mean, you can have your issues with it, that's fine, but you can't knock people trying to find their way, trying to prove that they belong in this country because the United States wasn't paying for them to go back to Africa. So they had to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps in a country. That wasn't even going to give them shoes. They had to make their own boots and pull themselves up. And unfortunately, we got pitted against the Native American. Can you imagine two sides actually fighting for their existence? What if the Native Americans were able to, to hold off the U.S. Cavalry? Or force the U.S. Cavalry into a treaty? Where would African Americans be at today? We, some of us might not be here. We might have been the eliminated uh, race in this country. And I don't say that to diss the Native Americans, but white America basically put our two cultures in a, in a, in a fighting pit and basically said Mortal Kombat. You know, the, the side that walks out alive be the side that gets to stay here. The other side, we're just going to eradicate So, you know, you, you know we're, we're stuck in that situation. All right, stolen land, enslaved, worked on by enslaved people. That, that's, that's real. That's tough. So, we finally got to the end of the week. Well, it's Wednesday. We're in the middle of the week. Um, 
we've seen the the images i won't get into the images i won't get into the stories a lot of that stuff is heavy um well one of my final words is i want to ask why i want to ask white america why the hatred why the dislike for african americans what did we do we were brought here nobody white people for some reason feel like black folks just jumped on the train or jumped on the boat to come here to the new world um white folks act like slavery was a contract between africa and the united states that for some reason the africans broke the contract you broke the contract access for civil rights broke the deal that we had with you the deal was we bring you here we air quotes enlighten you to our gods and you be happy with the scraps that we give you no nobody's gonna be happy with that why would you think anybody would be okay with that nobody's gonna be okay with slavery everybody keep on saying slavery wasn't a big deal yo go to work for two weeks without getting paid some of us lose our minds when we got to work a week in a hole i know i did it was tough, but I don't want to stray too far, but like, why? Like, if you have anger, white America, if you have real anger, Mount Vernon is a short drive from D.C. Monticello isn't too much further. These are the two homes of one George Washington and one Thomas Jefferson. These men had the ability at the end of the first, at the end of the American Revolution, to er eradicate this problem that we have. The fact that America, and that goes back to the video, the fact that America has not had to sit down about these conversations, the fact that America refuses to prosecute four officers, four officers, we could be done past all of that if those men would have been arrested the minute that tape came out. If the men who murdered Breonna T Taylor were um, actually thrown in jail, we, we're not having this problem. You know, we wouldn't have these issues if we just do right. And America's willing to risk its destruction just to protect four cops? Four cops? I said this um, early on Twitter. And, and think about the police. They're just a tool of the rich, of the rich working class. You're running around protecting these people looking like smucks. You're getting paid like smucks just to protect the billionaire's property. And that's not even real protection. Those people that you're prosecuting are not damaging anything. And you're going to go all out for that, for, for these people? And I hope those black cops in Atlanta learned a lesson from all this. I really hope they learned a lesson from this. As Kanye said, well, while he was still here with us, even if you got a um, Lexus, you're just a nigga in the coop. You can't get in and be just like those white folks. Cut it out. Now, until we have that sit down, 
We got to discuss race. We got to discuss that. And I'll be open to hearing white America's side. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they're right. But I want to hear what their actual fears are. So I can tell them off the bat that, yo, nobody wants to take that from me. African-Americans are here. We want to get by on our own merits. We don't want free stuff. We just don't want your, your foot in our necks. We don't want you holding us down. That's what we don't want. Feel me? So, and then hear our side. Yo, hear about 400 years. Hear about some of us having grandparents who watched, who not watched, but had a relative that was murdered for no reason, that was lynched. Those lynching photos are real. This country used to do that to people. Some of y'all don't believe it, but guess what? This country also dropped a nuclear bomb on innocent people. And I know we have this conversation about Hiroshima a lot. Um, excuse me, Hiroshima. And um, yo, if that country can do that, of course they're going to treat mistreat their second-class citizens. And that's how they treat us. So yes, this country did that to people. They did that to people who they did not value. And a lot of those people did that and they did not face justice. And that pain gets transferred. You don't know that, but that pain gets transferred. When they tell their kids that, their stories, and those kids tell their kids their story, that pain is getting transferred. You see, you hear the sadness when you talk about it. You hear it. And then you got to go out and see it over and over and over again. And not only see it over and over again, but you're expected to function at a high level while watching that. If this COVID-19 thing wasn't a big deal, people would have been expecting that folks in on work Monday dealing with that. It was Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin, Sandra Blonde, um, Freddie Gray, George Floyd, Mike Brown. The list goes on and on. A lot of us come to the realization that could be one of us. That could be one of us. And, and I want the respectability politics of saying, well, if you do this, then that won't happen. No, no. We dressed up in suit, three-piece suits. We had dogs sicked on us. They threw water hoses on us. Like, people don't understand, you know, to get to change the revolution, you got to go out and get it. Simple as that. You got to be willing to do the legwork. No revolution has never worked by people sitting at home writing stuff. It's people putting their feet on the ground. We'll be back after this commercial break. I want people to be safe out there. Take care of yourself. And guess what? We made it through another day. And for those of you on the front line and those of you that can hear my voice, listen, it's okay to leave the front line sometimes. 
it's okay to leave the front line. Even in times of war, and being a historian, I read a lot. Even in times of war, troops are not fighting every day of the war. You know, if a war goes four years, the Civil War, 1861 to 1865, people wouldn't end up battle every day. You might have been in two or three big battles. You know, um, some troops might have been unlucky to get more than that. But the battles are only three days. It wasn't like you were shooting at each other all the time. Even there's even times where both sides would like talk to each other, chat to each other. I mean, of course, that courtesy wasn't extended to blacks. But the point is, you don't have to fight every day. Get some R and R. Take a month off if you need to. Trust me, the battle's going to be here when you get back. You know, this is not going to end no time soon. I think I'm going to be old and gray before we finally really, really get to where we need to be. But you know what? I'm here for it. I'm here for my people. I continue to work uh, for my people. You know, and I want a better country for African-Americans. I want a better country for us. And I also want a better country for everybody. You know, racism takes so much away from us. We have so much to learn about each other. You'd be amazed how not different we are from other cultures, from other races, especially here in the United States. Because we all have pretty much the same value. Capitalism is pretty much infused the same type of values into us. I just think it's a way to be able to do that and everybody benefits from it. Not just one or two people. And even if it is one or two people, I don't need those one or two people up in high spaces with their foot on my neck. But like I said, we have so much to learn about each other. We, we're already through globalization. We're already incorporating each other's style or each other's traditions into our daily lives. So why not just bring the love in, man? Goodness. It's, it's not that serious. Trust me, again, like I said earlier, we're not trying to take anything from you at all. We want everybody to be happy. So at the end of the day, take your time, people, if you need to step back. And also understand your role. If you're not a marcher, you can donate. Um, if you're financially unable to donate, you can hashtag, you can repost stuff, you can keep on spreading the word to people. Look, talking is free. Talking is free. You can get that word out to anybody. Um, some of you guys are leaders in your own right. Some of you guys are good um, with politics and stuff like that. You can just teach people about the law. You can teach people about politics. You can help people who are just getting into the movement understand why the movement is going through politics just because of your knowledge with that. So there are ways that you can continue to uh, fight. You don't have to be on the front lines. And for those of you on the front lines, if you need to, take a day. I know I keep on repeating myself, but really, 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 really go take a day. All right. My final word is take care of yourself. I'll see you Friday. Peace.